Moses. Yeah, Moses. I just saw one Moses. What do you mean it's wow? And he'll say. Hey, that was a good impression right there. It's so like the people. Yeah. Well, Moses does that when I'm preaching. When I'm preaching, if I if. I mentioned something and he just like, <laughs> I mentioned the Jews. He's like, <laughs> I'm just like, man. I was sharing from the pulpit that one time that, I, that like my, my mom was pinching my shoulder and he was just Dude, dying off of he, that. He caught, he, I don't know, he laughed or coughed or something on the back of my head. Like I felt his spit on the back of my oh, head. No. I had to tell him afterwards, I'm like, bro, just take it easy. <laughs> You spit on the back of my head, son. Like, <laughs> so we took a week off of the podcast because the other the last week's wasn't uploaded. It's gonna become a part of the archives, lost tapes. We'll um, we so, will. So how does my wife watch this right now? She doesn't. It's not live. She has to be it's here. Not live. Yeah, this is the way your wife watches it. She has to be here right now. <laughs> I thought podcasts were live. Aren't they? No. 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 They can be, but they're but ours isn't. Because the thing is, is um, we don't we'll, say stuff we'll, we need to edit out later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I have to do a lot of editing. Yeah, because sometimes these guys get a little out of hand. I was wondering how the cameras always. Man, how did they do that when they get the camera on everybody? When, I was not. It's called long. man. If you're thinking that, that means a lot of people probably think that too. Well, some people are like, hey, I missed the notification. Oh yeah, yeah. They're like, I missed the live stream. What happened? Right. I remember someone said that at first. It's I'm like, so live stream. Well done. The way you go to certain people and you know, because so they're already editors. From what I heard, stuff. from what I've learned, is um, film school is just a bust. It is most. It's it's better to just be self-taught. But and we have the resources now with the internet and YouTube to just learn that's on your own. True. Like I said, the kids are already knowing a lot of it, but it's a lot more uh, detailed oriented. So you get something out of it. I got something out. Of yeah, I think uh, the only thing that was good with film school um, is that when it comes to like lenses, for example, they knew how to actually do like measurements when it came to the actual lenses, because you'd have to learn in film school how to pull focus. So like as you're walking, you have to like pull focus. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Right. Whereas now you have cameras that have automatic focus. So if right. you're walking, it tracks your face. So right. it just, you know, gets rid of a lot of that. Yeah. They Stuff, had that whatever. even when I went to film school. How long has it been now? 12 years ago. So you went to film school? Yeah, L.A. film school. Oh, wow. I have a degree in, in film. Welcome to the Rod of Iron podcast, Fundamental Baptist, breaking down discussions, dogma, and daily events. I am your host, Pastor Bruce Mejia, First Works Baptist Church in Omani, California. I'm here joined by the fundamentalists. We have Marco Sanchez, Brother Hyktov Mason, Paul Quesada right here in the corner. And we have a special guest with us this evening, Brother Will. What's your last name again? Laurie, Brother Will Laurie is a church member uh, here at First Works Baptist Church. And actually, he's somewhat of a part-time missionary to the Philippines, right? You fly out there every couple of months, yes. win a bunch of souls, and comes back, brings a good report. But he's a very interesting person that we want to interview. Actually, we were just talking right now that you went to film school. Yes, L.A. Film School graduate. L.A. Film School so graduate. degree in many facets of filming. You know, Amen. So we might talk a little bit about that, probably get a little bit into that, and then we'll get into the King James controversy of today and the nonsense that's going around, the false allegations, the stubbornness, and everything in between. And then we'll get into uh, social media, right? I forgot what other subject oh, we we're going to talk about. I forgot. And then idiots on social media. Idiots on social Well, that's kind of like involved in social media, period. <laughs> so 
Looking forward to a great podcast. Y'all ready? Topic of film school, we did not. Brother Will, did we? Oh no, we were talking about we're the talking podcast about and the editing, editing and, and then he asked yeah, me if I went to yeah. film school. I, nah. did I didn't do film school. Film. You did a thesis film. Yes, I did. Speak into the mic, brother. I brother did Will. my own thesis. Film. If you don't speak into the mic, when you say speak you're gonna into hear the it mic, in the comment section. Yes. They're gonna be like, the brother That's right there right. needs to get into the mic. That's Why the, that black guy don't know what he's doing? Yeah. All right. It's always the blacks. There's actually a black guy in the comment section who, who who checks the people who yeah. don't speak into the there mic. Is, yeah. They're like the the episode was good, but the brother with the with the van shirt needs to get into the mic. Come on, <laughs> brother. He's like, it's the fourth episode, brother. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Haven't you and watched true. this enough? So, uh, how long ago were you in film school? Uh, two thousand and eight nine. Uh, in did, did he 10. just say two thousand eight nine? <laughs> Yes. Is that what you said? Eight and then nine. <laughs> oh, oh, 2008 and nine. And nine. I graduated in 2010. Okay. And uh, I did that my own thesis film, as I said. So what is that? What is that? What's a thesis film? <clears throat> a thesis is when, you know, you, several uh, people decide to do a film for their graduating thesis. Mm -hmm. And you either be part of someone's film to... Uh, to uh, get credits, or you do your own. There was two other people that did the thesis film with me. They did a serious, like a melodrama, and one did a space movie, and mine was a comedy, of course. <laughs> you don't have the budget and for And no one will ever movie. see it. Prince of Bel Air. No one will ever see it. Yeah, well, I, Will's from Philly. I, it, yeah. Yes, I am from Philadelphia, born in Germany. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on a sec. We got, so, bro, Will is a German. He was born in Germany. Yeah. Frankfurt. Grew Germany. up. Frankfurt, Germany. Yes. Frankfurt. <laughs> Frankfurt. On, on the Frankfurt. 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 He was born in Germany. He grew up in Philly, but he spent most of his life in Los Angeles. That's right. And you just keep going further west, too, because now you're in the Philippines. Yes. 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 And actually, I... He's all, you're going to end up in I'm gonna end Germany up again. Probably more in the Philippines if I had my way, because I'd love to be there in Seoul. And my wife lives there, obviously, want to be there. Yeah, my my first uh, initiative and impetus was to be there to go soul winning, bring my wife back. But once I did that, <laughs> I get the bug. I have to be there now Curve the because mic because uh, Curve it it's, up. it's so receptive. The gospel go like is being you know they, they just drink it up, and you never have a problem. And people say it's like the, the low hanging fruit. Yeah, it's like fruit you have to pick off the ground here. <laughs> it's my fruit, but people are are very receptive. Not the older generation so much. But the kids, very easy. They're, they're, but you have 90, what, 92 percent is Catholic, so you have that. So I have to emphasize the uh, idolizing, the, the, you know, thou shalt have any graven images. They don't even know that. Mm. So when you bring it up, sometimes they're a little taken aback by it because they don't even know. So, but easily. easily. So you, you have this interesting <laughs> method of capturing because you pre sometimes or most times you preach to a group of children yeah so how do you capture 
all their attention. Very interesting th that you say that because that's what I like to do. Because so many kids, when you're giving it to say two kids or three, so many more kids are walk by and they'll come up and stand mm -hmm. around and you feel like you have you want to start all over because you want to get them too. So what I do is I'll start off by seeing okay, there's two. I'll tell my wife there's two coming in and there's two coming that angle. By the time those two get here, we'll get those two as well. So when I get about two, four, five. You know, I've gone as high as 20 people uh, or, or more with the kids. And, they, you know, it's hard to keep them involved and gross. So I'll, I'll, I've been in sales for years as a closer. So I, I, I get them involved by using techniques that I use in sales. What's your Give YouTube us, channel called? Uh, say again? Your YouTube channel. It's called Pulling Them Out of the Fire. Pulling Them Out Hoping of the Fire. So subscribe fire. to the channel. He gives updates yeah. on that. Yeah, I give right? updates when I go out there. Yeah. When you go out yeah. there, you give some updates on how many souls you've won. You right. talk about some stories on there. It's right. good stuff. Yeah, it's pretty Man. good. And uh, the kids, are, are they enjoy it when I give them the gospel because I'll I, I remember their names. It's a technique I use yeah. with, in sales. And they're surprised when I remember their name. And then I will go around. And then just when I think they're not paying attention, I'll say, and Jack. And okay, now the kids will laugh because they think, okay, he remembered that guy. So, and what do you think you have to do, you know, to, to be saved or something to that matter? So, I keep them engrossed because I, I have a little, little jokes I say here and there mm -hmm. that are like, you know, at the ready. So, um, so wait, going back to our previous subject, I want to talk about that a little bit, and then we'll get into the Philippines okay. about film school. Yeah. So, what made you get into film school? Um, I had, <laughs> just be honest, I had just friends be honest. that are in the business. Oh, okay. Okay. And Jews? I was involved. You knew Jews. It was, it was, it, that's what I was going to say. It's it three is. ways you can get into the film business <laughs> I, instantly. I no longer likes you. <laughs> you're, you're not, you're not going to have any problem getting to the, talent, I thought you were talent. German, bro. <laughs> there's that. There's that. Yeah. I'm a little German. On this little bit German. But there is, there is, uh, what we're talking about, the, the concept of being, no, why did you get into film school? Well, you well, had friends who were in the industry well, being in the industry, uh -huh. you know, you know, people and they say, Hey, dude, you're, you're, you're pretty, you know, charismatic. You have this talent. I mean, why aren't you doing, and I, I had different movie ideas. I had different, uh, uh, I had a, a series I was going to do and a guy that was going to invest in me, um, he uh, said, show me how serious you are. So, uh, like, you're, the, you're I, trying to be a director or I, an actor? I actually was going to do the acting. It was, it was a, a comedy, a dramedy. It was a comedy drama. Hmm. Okay. Wait, so did you want to originally act or direct or both? Or what, did you, what is it? I, not so much direct. Just, just to produce my own and act and sing in it. Because it was a, it was a musical concept. Oh, you wanted to sing. Mostly act So the truth sing. finally comes out. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's the I, mic that Michael Jackson <laughs> I wrote a lot of the songs. You know, these are the mics that Michael Jackson used to use, right? Yeah, yeah, I want that mic. <laughs> I, I actually I actually wrote something really well. I got registered with the Writers Guild, and the guy that was going to invest in me, like I said, he said, show me that you're serious. So I went to film school to, to learn the background. because It, it was a, it was a series about a guy doing shows. What did you learn road. in film school that you think it was beneficial? You know, initially, that was not the, the, the concept. I don't care what I was going to learn. I was showing this guy I was serious. Oh, okay. But you but did it. You did lot. it to kind of just because he wanted you to do it. And, yeah, he okay. was going to invest a, a substantial amount of money. Yeah, because you were already saved. Yeah, I was. But I was not. This is what happened. After I started school, I started getting a lot more devout in my 
my uh, Christian life uh, that I didn't have before. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I wanted to find why my life is not going the direction I want to go. All the time. I'm, I'm always, God is not going to see me succeed in that business. Mm-hmm. Is what I, as I was saying, I was saying, why? So the show I made had a moral concept. Okay, so, like, so what so you're saying is, to, I thought you're, it was a good you're show doing that God this in this agree. career, but then you, you realize I can't, I can't continue in this because I'm a Christian. The, the last straw was when a friend of mine, we, he had his own production, he still does, production company. And he says, well, we had a script or we're going to do the show. And uh, we had a lot of different uh, projects. And one of his projects, I had to read the script, and it was a lot of profanity. I said, I can't read that, dude. I can't say that. My mom's going to watch this, right? Yeah. Or I don't want this representation of me mm-hmm. as a Christian. And he knew I was saved. He knew I was a Christian to the degree that he was starting to get annoyed by me saying yeah. these things. So finally he says, dude, you have to put that religion and Christian crap on the back burner and put your career in the front. I'm getting sick of you telling me about the, what you can't do as a Christian. And oh, I'm like, whoa. But you would have to stop it. So my 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 rationale at this point was like, this is leaning more towards being wrong than right. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? I think we should just I should just squash this dude that and just part his friends. He said, oh yeah, well, screw you. Well, the reason I say this is because sometimes I know Christians who have tried to like get into that career, yeah. like as far as like acting in Hollywood. Yeah. And either one of two things happen. They come to the conclusion that they shouldn't be doing it because they're Christians. Because it's satanic. It's satanic. Or two, just God doesn't allow them to succeed. I don't think he wanted me to. I Mm -hmm. thought, like I said, the show I had was like, had a moral drive to it. And I think, uh, God, I constantly say, this is a show that God wants to do. That's not going to get picked up, bro. You know. Yeah, that's not. No way. Hollywood is is wicked, man. Yeah. How presumptuous was I to think this is what God wanted, right? It was nowhere near. And then there was a lot of it was, it was a lot of things in that the script that was like, wow, it was so not what God would mm-hmm. want me to do. It wasn't it wasn't a lot of profanity or anything like that in it. Some of the other projects we were he, we were gonna work yeah. on did and Well it's kinda like Paul Winberger when he was, you know, he was kinda not working for Hollywood, but he was doing lighting and all that and he decided to take his career or use what he knows into the direction of, of making biblical films and mm. stuff like that. The yeah. backdrop, you know, like I've learned, uh, you know, how to be like, you know, you do all the, you do editing, you, you learn directing, you learn all different aspects of it. You know, you know, jack of all trades at that point. You don't, yeah. you don't have one, one thing you're, until you find your niche, I, I suppose. So. so at this time, was it digital or were you guys like using film? What? What well, were you working yeah, on? Yeah, digital. Digital? Yeah, absolutely. Digital? Yeah, I'm not talking about the, you know, the 20s or the 30s. <laughs> <laughs> Do you regret taking a yeah. class? Or no, no, I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. And you know what else? It, it taught me that this is exactly, here's the reasons why I shouldn't be doing this. And as I seen more and more of what I was learning, I'm like, yeah. you know, it's, it was outside. I don't want to be here. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to do this. And I then, get that. you know, I came to California for the, um, entertainment. Mm-hmm. Career, something in everything in entertainment, uh, music, uh, acting. You've been saved since you were eight, eight years old. I, my mom used to send us to different uh, church, Christian camp every year, and that's how I got saved in Christian camp. And you know, I when I heard Pastor Anderson, when I was searching for all my foibles in life and things I didn't achieve, I'm thinking, what's going wrong? Why can I never succeed in these things? When I get almost there, something would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but you are a very successful businessman, though. I would say, as far as as far as when it when it came to the Hollywood stuff, obviously that didn't pan out, which is good. 
Yeah. That stuff is wicked. Yeah. But you are a successful businessman. Like you've, you've. Yeah. I've had several businesses through the years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've had uh, a lawn and garden business, a, a steam cleaning, carpet cleaning business. Man. I've had uh, a car service business, well, you know, Lincoln, just Lincoln Continental. Yeah. Um, with just the tin wheels in the back, not like a limo service, but just car service. Yeah. Um, but different things, and it's always, or I, I was partners with people that had business, so I, I would put money in with them, and they would yeah. run, and I'd be a silent partner, so to speak. And that's cool. Yeah. Amen. Well, that's good stuff. Well, let me ask you a hardball question. Uh oh. Something that I didn't tell you I was going to ask you prior to this, Shoot. right? So what do you? What's your take on the Black Lives Matter movement? The blacks. Because I'm because I'm because I'm, I'm asking Obviously you. I'm asking because well, you're black. I'm going to bring that up. <laughs> yeah. Because you know what? That's highly controversial now. And like a guy just told me in my building, he said, "Will, you don't strike me as a black guy with your opinions on this stuff." I says, "Dude, I'm very black. It's just that it's a farce. It's yep. a total political scam. Yep. And, they, and they bit hard into mm -hmm. that apple. And it's it's phony. It's um, listen." I'm not a young young guy. You find out I'm 57. I'll be 58, and uh, I'm a child of the 60s and 70s. Yeah. If you want to see racism in some aspects, mm -hmm. we've seen it at those times, right? Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that racist as they're saying it is now. Yeah. Then, it's just not. Yeah. And uh, so, what do you think? What do you think the agenda is behind it? The agenda, as I said, is political to the degree that if you cause enough derision and and and, and division amongst your 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 constituents people they, they they it's it's uh divide and conquer yeah they can and it's that uh right left paradigm mm -hmm. you know they're all there's the same like you said in, in the sermon i thought that was so good he says look you're either right wing or left wing hey man i'm neither it's one of them i'm not even, a different bird altogether <laughs> yeah okay and that's where i am yeah right on the money i love that and i'm thinking you know how do i explain that to people when they they're like, la, 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 I don't want to hear it. I don't you bother can. anymore. Yeah. I don't bother. And and don't get me started about the brothers say, yeah, man, I had a Hillary for prison shirt. Hmm. It looked like it was Hillary for, for president. Yeah. But it's a Hillary for prison. And he says, oh, man, good, man. You you know this is when Hillary's running in 2016. You, yeah, man, Democratic. Yeah. Dude, take a closer look. <laughs> Read. <laughs> he said, oh, that's messed up. <laughs> That's messed up, bro. I said, dude, do you realize that the Democrats started slavery? Yeah. Do you realize that the Democrats, sauce, dude. the Democrats are the reason that you're having a problem? Let me say something. Obama's a president for eight years, I told him. But take that out the equation. In the last eight years, or at that time, it was the last seven years, I said, have you done better as the world or the nation has done better for blacks? or for anybody, how good has it become? Is it government become worse or become better? Worse. And that was under a black president. <laughs> I said, so you're gonna tell me that all of a sudden we're gonna get a, a white woman in there and you love her. Hell. Because what? Because the Clintons mm. were even worse. Because they, I said, did you know Hillary Clinton said that we were animals, so to speak? She straight out said that we gotta, we gotta, we gotta. Well, her, her idol is, uh, what's her name? Um, Margaret Yeah, Margaret Sanger. Sanger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I said, dude, dude, dude I don't, you don't know who you, like Jesus said to the. Yeah, and she, the her agenda 
was to kill black people. Yeah. Through abortion. She's the one who introduced that. Yes. And they so don't realize like, oh, that, that. Dude, you are not even thought of until election time comes along. Ooh. And that's it. And, Ouch. And, and, and that's it. And do you know that for the last 40, 50 years, in the worst, the worst uh, uh, cities for blacks are all Democratic, always have been Democratic run. Mm. I said, now I'm not Democratic. Oh, so you're Republican. Neither. Neither. Like I said, I wish I had that, that saying. You say that. That's I'm a different way. bird. I'm a different bird. I'm a Christian. That's what I mm -hmm. believe. Amen. And then when I got more in the Christian, I said, well, by the way, <laughs> let me ask you this. Now, this is the, and I said, this is the most heaviest question of all. If you were to die today. He's all, I'm a pterodactyl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a hawk. All right. Look, or eagle. I said, listen, let me ask you this. If you were to die today, mm. do you know 100% sure we're going to go? He said, where did that come from? I'm going to Hillary. Because that's all I want to talk about. He's like, I'm about. going to Hillary. Clinton. I'm going to Hillary. <laughs> yeah, man. He did, you know, he kind of wanted to go away then. Yeah. Hillary, isn't this a conspiracy that they're, they were kidnapping children from Haiti? Oh, the they, it's not a conspiracy. It's just the truth. The no, I didn't say conspiracy theory. I said it's, it's a conspiracy. Yeah, right. It's in yeah. the emails. It, it, it wasn't like a conspiracy. It was a conspiracy yeah. that she was a part of. And Hillary? the girl that worked for her. Yeah kidnapped a whole bunch of them they locked her up but then they let her out and now she's working for child protective services yeah the and her lawyer so, was a convicted listen, kind of they're uh, all in the same boat they're all in the, it's like it's like i couldn't believe that trump won first of all because i just knew they were going to steal it either even, that's why she never did any uh well we've been talking about in this podcast over the last couple of weeks mm -hmm. What's the purpose of Trump being in office and mm -hmm. the agenda behind that and nationalism, patriotism? Right. I preached on it in church. At the end of the day, it's, again, going back to that same phrase, it's the same burden. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's an agenda behind right. it. I'm thankful that, you know, because in when it comes to race, you know, and racism, like in old IFP churches, there, there's a lot of racism in old IFP churches. I've there seen is. a lot yes, of it. Arabs in it. Yeah, man. But, uh, old yeah. IFB. I never went to an old IFB. You did go to all. You went to my old IFB church. What because you went to? I, well, I take that back then. For, yeah. As I was growing up. Yeah. Ishmael. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, Never yeah, yeah. was involved. But, but it's, it, it's, it's, it's super. They, it's they, even deeper than like Ishmael's subject. Like they, they don't even like believe in intermarrying, interracial marrying. Not all so, of them, but yeah. yeah but but like some of them extent. hold to that. Mostly the South. Like, oh, yeah. Like. <laughs> They don't believe in intermarrying and, and intermingling races and stuff like that. And it's funny because some of these pastors, like Phil Kidd, for example, who's a, who's a complete joke of a preacher, um, he's like a, he was considered like a hard preacher back in my day. And he used to preach against, you know, intermarrying. But he's married to a Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> some of the, the people, well, the news media talking heads, they're all pushing the same agenda. They're yeah. Democrats all the way. And there's there's certain black guys that are talking about this is like the guy said Van Jones I think his name said this is a white lash what what exactly does that word mean Van Jones white lash that's a Dutch lash it's like instead of a backlash or I don't know whiplash but it's just a white lash when Trump won and I'm thinking what does that even mean and the guy has a white wife I'm like how hypocritical can you be was he blind I I think he lost sight of that but when you get it's that when you get him off camera. When you get him off camera, somebody interviewed him off camera. He says, oh, this is all the farce. There's, there's nothing there. Well, I'm, I'm thankful that in our church, like, for example, we, we can care less about that stuff. It we, have, we have races of all different types here at our church. We got black people. We got Hispanics. We have Armenians. Asians, Armenians. <laughs> 
What else do we got? Did I say Armenian? Russian. Yeah, we make fun of each other equally. It's not like we make. We're <laughs> equal opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Everyone gets it. <laughs> We're equal opportunity. Everyone bagger. gets that same dose. And I mean, look, I, 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 I used to be. I was taught that basically, like, they would tell me, hey, you know, because I wanted to be a pastor when I first got saved and training and all that. And they would tell me, they would say, you know, hey, you're probably going to, you know, pastor a church with just only Hispanics. You know, and I was like, why? He goes, well, you know, white people are not going to really want to follow a Hispanic. That's just how it is. They're like, the only time... Uh, a, a church can be filled with mixed, you know, mixed a mixed group is when a white pastor is behind the pulpit, right? Yeah. He goes, but you, you probably just you. they used to say this. You probably just pastor like the De La Hoyas. That's what they used to say. De La Hoyas. Ba- yeah, De La Hoyas. That's what they used to say. The boxer. Yeah, basically, because oh. they would say they would they would categorize them. They would say there's the Chavezes and then there's the De La Hoyas. What does that What's mean? The, the Chavezes are the ones who are just like really Hispanic, like. They speak nothing but Spanish. They don't speak English. And then you have the De La Hoyas, which are like Americanized. Well, they would consider me to be a, like a De La Hoya. What a friend of mine told me, he was a from... A Chicano. Yeah. His father was from Guadalajara. Yeah. Oh, you, you said that pretty good. And But his mother's Kentuckian and his father's... Is <laughs> Armenian? Yeah. And no, his father is Mexican. Kentuckian? He was blonde here, blue eyes. I did not know he's Mexican. I'm, I used to work in sales with him. And, and he'd be on the phone speaking Spanish. I'm thinking, what is that language he's speaking? Because I, I could not picture him speaking Spanish. That kind of thing. I, I, I hate that concept to some degree because I heard T.D. Jake says on an interview, he says, well, how do you do so well with, you know, in, 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 with your business slash... Uh, your, your ministry. He said, well, because Jesus is the product. I was so inside. What? Are you selling Jesus? Yeah. Buy the truth and sell it now. And I thought, yeah, he's a product? Oh. And what an insult, right? So that I think about prophet. that when I'm, I'm giving piece of trash, the gospel. Man. I don't want to think that way, but I do use that kind of a Techniques, sales techniques to some degree, charismatic to keep people in, but it's Maybe a gift. wise as a serpent a and gift. harmless as a dove, man. Yeah, I think. Okay, I'm not trying. Are you to talking about when you go soul winning? Soul winning. When I go. Soul oh winning. yeah, I mean like when you go soul winning, but he's making it. He's literally saying Jesus is the product, and he's talking about in yeah. reference to making money. Money. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I get this. I, people tell me this all the time. Oh, you're trying to get people to come to your church because you want their money. I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I've never even asked for a dime. Right. Never I don't think you've even done a sermon yet on tithing. I don't, I don't think so either. No, you haven't. I haven't, right? I've watched every one as far of the sermons. I've never Will's waiting for I've mentioned it. I've mentioned it, but I've no, never preached a full-length sermon on tithing. Prior to this, well, this, the guy that was telling you about that another subject we were talking about that was white, and he looked white, blonde hair, blue eyes, he told me that in, in where he goes to Guadalajara, it's the race thing going there, but the darker Mexicans against the lighter. Oh, yeah. The more Castilian. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's racism even amongst Hispanics. Yeah, right. It's stupid. It is. Growing up, I used to hear about, like, Salvadorians hating Mexicans and Mexicans hating Guatemalans. Yeah, the and it just, it's retarded. Yeah. You I'm know? an equal opportunity hater. Now, I would say this I'm is, like, in Long Beach, I remember <laughs> growing up in Long Beach, there was always, always beef between black people and Hispanics. Uh-huh. Always. Right. But it was more like a gang rivalry, you know what I mean? Yeah. You had the Crips who were, who would always beef with the, um, with the Longos. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, I don't think it was over race, it was just over territory, but it would turn into like a racist type right. of a thing. Well, there were certain areas when I lived in South Central, 
uh, during the riots. I was there, mm. 120th and Budlong, and I would go down this certain alley. The Rodney was, King riots, you're referring yeah, to. Yeah, the Rodney King riots. And there was a big soft loss. The, the gang was called the Soft Laws. Mm -hmm. And they were the Mexican gang. And I would go down this little alley and say, hey, this is my Soft Law alley. What are you doing? You're going down there? I always go down there. Because I'm not a gang affiliated. Mm -hmm. I'm from Philadelphia anyway. Yeah. And they would say, hey, I'm not going down there, dude. dude. And I was wondering, oh, no wonder why those Mexicans would look at me all funny when I walked in. i say, hey, what's up? You know, yeah. hey. So they wouldn't bother me. But mm -hmm. as soon as you're aware of the, 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 the prejudice, I'll say, yeah. of that you shouldn't be in there, then you're, I guess you're sensitive to it. I wasn't. So yeah. it bother me. No, you're right about that because even like when I was growing up in Long Beach, um, you had, there was like Crips that would like, they would sweat you if you're Hispanic. Yeah. I remember I almost got jumped by a group of, of um, insane Crips. Uh, we're on a bus one time. Mm -hmm. and But a uh, uh, OG mm -hmm. Crip from like, I don't know, I think it was like from really? the 20s or something. He backed me up. I was going to say, the, the old, it's the young ones. I had a young yeah, when the I young first ones. got here. I had a bright red shirt on in a Crip neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And a guy, a youngster, came up to me pumping gas. He says, we going with the funny looking colors, cuz. Yeah. Can you say that again? <laughs> he's he's like, like, I'm sorry, are we related? I'm sorry, you, I'm sorry <laughs> can you repeat? I actually, I'm sorry, what did you say? He said, we going with them funny looking colors, cuz. I says, I says, <laughs> My <nana> seriously? <laughs> I says, I don't know what you mean. I said, but I'm not from here. I just got here from Philadelphia. He said, well, you better ask somebody. And they all was like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, I'll ask someone. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I, I saw like racism to a certain extent, but it was honestly like I got along with a lot of black people. I got along with a lot of Crips. Uh -huh. And I knew some, some, some Crips that were just like, hey, if you, know, you ever run into any trouble, you can you know, talk to me and I'll help you out or whatever. You know, they're cool. But there are others like you don't want to get caught alone. That's right. Because they automatically think you're a part of like that Mexican game. Listen, I've seen so much violence oh. before the riots. It wasn't a day, I'll say every two days, there were shootings. Mm -hmm. Kids would jump on the floor faster than me in the drive-bys. <laughs> and they would say, well, you better get down. <laughs> and they look it up and like, <laughs> the kids like this, bah, bah, boom. Man, they were on, they didn't knew they were like the reflexes quick. I actually lived at a girl's house where the, she must have had enemies. I don't know. They mm -hmm. raised my enemies. window. Man, I I mean, I I, mean, I knew people. I said, "Where's John? John's dead? What? Yeah, shot them. Oh, this woman was right outside my door, mm -hmm. and and some guy came and said, "Hey, man, can you use your phone?" <laughs> Patrice just was stabbed Sarah in the heart with a pencil. I'm like, "Yeah, right." A pencil? No, really. Stabbed her in the heart with a pencil. I got stabbed with a pencil a one time. Oh, at, she at died. School. She died too. So it was because it was because I, I was commenting on a, like a, a rapper, and they and they this is like this guy's favorite rapper, and he literally took his pencil and he stabbed me. I was like, this dude just stabbed me for a rapper. <laughs> people, there's some hot heads They're out insane. there, man. They're insane. Yeah, they, I mean, people was crazy. the worst part about it. The most violence was between each other. Like oh, I yeah. said, hey man, you better put my beer down. Man, that's not your beer. And no. she said, <laughs> he looks around. If you have if to you ask, if no. you don't put like, oh, my wait. beer down, <laughs> I'm gonna shoot you. <laughs> oh yeah, it's me. Who said that? Who said that? So, and he said, I'll shoot you. She said, well, you gotta shoot me then. Pow, shot right through her hand through the cup. Oh, oh man. I'm like, these guys are treacherous. Another guy's walking down the street. Let me have to, man. What's his name? Shot me in my, what's his name? Shot me in my butt. Who? His cousin shot oh, him yeah, in his yeah, butt. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Then there's another guy who's going on a gang, they're going to a, a, a gang fight. And they're all getting their guns ready. And he's driving. And he 
he lurched and it shot him in the back. Now the guy's in a wheelchair because his buddy in the back seat shot him in the, in the first Yeah, I remember. And he's paralyzed. I remember right. being in Long Beach. In, in Long Beach, you have like, you know, you, you have Samoans, you have black people, you have Hispanics, but you also have Cambodians. Uh-huh. And and uh, the, the Cambodian gangs are like, they're, they're, they're crazy, man. Yeah. They don't mess around. Like Haiti, but I remember I was I was Jamaican. at when I was in when I was in high school there's there's these cuz everyone was kind of segregated a little bit. Right. But I remember um you know we're, we're lunchtime and, and there's these two Cambodian guys and they were friends. Like they grew up together. But one of them like this this his his friends click like messing around and the guy stomped him out. Mm. He stomped him out so bad that the guy like went to the hospital and the guy's like in prison for like attempted murder. Mhm. And I've the guy seen was bleeding this. out of his ears. I've seen this guy. He, Crazy he's violence. And he's kicking his eyes. Tried to stop. Him. I said, "Dude." He said, "Man, don't ever try to stop me again, or I'll kill you." Yeah, that's I'm a, like really that's some crazy. This is your friend. I'm yeah. thinking. He put the guy in the hospital. He's yeah. in a coma. Mm-hmm. Same I thing mean, with this guy. And and I found out that this was the second time he put him in a coma. Uh, <laughs> I, okay, after the first time, I was like, I don't want to be like, a friend you know, anymore. <laughs> yeah, but they're still We're not friends. <laughs> you know, uh, and it's funny because they're all selling drugs. And the drug sp- makes strange bedfellows. The high school that I went to was called Woodrow Wilson High School. Uh-huh. And it, was, it wasn't it was as ghetto as Poly High, but it, it was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Poly High is where Snoop Dogg went to. And Wilson High was a school that uh, a, a teacher murdered a, a student. Mm. Stabbed her to death. And you know her? you got a bad school. Stabbed man. her to death. Yeah. What did she do? <laughs> well, they were they were, they were involved in stuff. She didn't pass but I remember one time there was a, there was a time when they like they jumped this guy right, and it was a, during lunchtime and it was like because they would let let students go out of the out of the property like to the outskirts of mm-hmm. where the school's at. They jumped this guy. This adult gets involved. He's trying to like save the kid. The group turns on him and starts jumping the, the adult. They jumped the adult into the street. A car hits him. After the car hits him, they keep jumping him. I mean, like, crazy violence. Yeah. You know, I remember going to that school. I'm like, like almost being traumatized from all the violence that I would see. I'm like, this place is crazy. And this you is know what? It was LA area. And, yeah. And here's the thing is like, it was filled with sodomites. That was another thing. Uh-huh. Like the, the leaders of that school were sodomites. So I guess there you go. The leader is like the, the principal, the administrator. Well, that's just like Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> Hollywood horrible. is run by, th- there's three different factions. If you want to make it in Hollywood, I was going to say that. Jews, fags. Jews, the faggots. And the Jews. And what was the third one? And, uh, you know, I, it's been a long time. I, used to say the the Jews, the I think that's it. And Jews. I think those are just no, it's and Jewish Jews. fags. It's just that it's, if, you, if you know somebody that's Jewish, you know somebody, oh, the drugs. Oh, drugs. Jews. Jews, drugs, and... And, and facts. In facts. You're not going to get with these people. All right, so let's, talk, let's, let's switch some gears here. Let's talk about the uh, King James controversy going on. Oh, yeah. We won't spend too much time on this because a lot has already been said. Many memes have been done. Very well put together. And, uh, and nobody ever said the King James Bible wasn't perfect. In fact, all we have said is the King James Bible is perfect. perfect. Right? Uh, many straw men, straw men have been set up to make it seem as though we're not King James only. Um, and he, here's the thing is, you know, one thing you got to learn, and this is something that we have to learn, that we got to make sure that we that we apply uh, to our lives as long as we're here, is we're going to be wrong sometimes, you know. And it's okay because we're, we're, we're fallible men, mm-hmm. right? 
So when, you, when you're fallible, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to say things you're wrong. Or even, you know, maybe you might say something that's wrong and you didn't mean to say it. Or sometimes you just might have pride and you say something wrong because you just don't want to make, you just don't want to show that you're wrong. So you just lie. <laughs> but either way, you know, humility is very important. You know what I mean? To be able to admit and say, you know what? That was so stupid. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Can we just make this right? You know, and here's the thing is like people, you actually gain more respect when you do that. That's right. So when you are willing to admit that you're wrong and say, yeah, I was wrong about that. You know, I apologize. You actually get more people to admire you and respect you because they say, okay, this person's a mature person. But when you just keep driving in and just digging yourself deeper, people actually begin to despise you. And it can't possibly respect him. No. You lose a lot of respect. You lose a lot of respect, especially when there's an insurmountable amount of evidence Mm -hmm. to prove that you're wrong. You know, it's just like, hey, it's right here. Here are the facts. How do you trust someone like that? Right. How do you trust someone that when you present them the facts, you say, well, look at the sky. It's blue. And they said, no, 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 it's it's purple. It's like, what? It's like, what's wrong with you? You know? It's hard to respect someone like that. It's hard to, to, to follow someone like that. Especially when we're all brethren, we're all saved, and we're, you know, we're on the same page and just keep on the same page. Yeah. You would think, like I said, when I watch this, I'm thinking, what is this conference all about again? What's the purpose? What, is yeah. it, what pers- purpose is it I just never would have. I just never would have thought that, like, someone in the new IFB, and they may not even claim new IFB anymore, which mm. that would be good if they don't. That would be fine with me. You know? But I'm just shocked that someone would even like adhere to Ruckmanism, okay? Like, well, we're not Ruckmanites. If you have to make that yeah, statement, exactly. though, after yeah. you said a Ruckmanite statement, yeah, then what you're basic out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Right. You're basically saying this is what Ruckman believes. It's, it's funny because like some people don't even know what Ruckman believes. All they know him for is mostly is because of his dispensational stands. Yeah, but it's like. He also took a, like a, a weird stand on the King James Bible as well, on the Word of God. Oh, yeah. And then, like, for you to make that claim, it's like, oh, we're not Rugmanites. It's like, okay, why did you have to say that? Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Uh, uh, what's unfortunate is, like, Ruckmanism and dispensationalism has really been dying. But in now it's made a resurgence. Ruckmanism has made a res- resurgence because of Patrick Boyle. You know what I mean? And you know what? They're, they're giving uh, ammo to the enemy. Right. To say, well, they believe like we believe, you know, yeah. and I'm not going to belabor the point because, you know, obviously there's there's a lot of videos out there that Pastor Anderson has put out and, you know, proving that the King James Bible is not translated word for word. That's like com- that's just common sense. It is. And what's unfortunate is that he speaks another language, words. Romanian. So he should know you cannot translate things word for word. And look. I don't care what anybody says. You cannot translate idioms into another language. I'm talking about word for word. Yeah, they would not make any sense. <laughs> no, I, I'll give you an example of this. So, back in the day when I was when I was little, of course, I grew up in a Spanish-speaking home. My mom spoke Spanish. I speak Spanish fluently. I can read it. I can speak it. I can even preach in Spanish, and um, I can write it. And we grew up in a Spanish-speaking home. My brother spoke Spanish. My sister spoke Spanish. But I remember my brother. He used to basically try to translate English idioms into Spanish in conversation. So, for example, you have the idiom, don't jump the gun. He jumped the gun. 
Well, he would always say, no brinca la pistola. And my mom would just laugh. She's like, what are you saying? He goes, no brinca la pistola. You know, he's like, Spanish. Though. Yeah, but yeah, he said it in Spanish. And she's like, what do you mean? What does that Whoa, mean? Where's Jumping the gun? The gun. You have a gun? Like, <laughs> and he's like, well, that, your mom, that means, you know, this. He's like, well, not in Spanish. You can't translate that into Spanish and any of them into Spanish you sound stupid which goes back to what made these guys all of a sudden experts in the translations why why all of a sudden are they they supposed to be someone that we should look up to and says what you're saying is 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 crucial or important what are you trying to achieve number one by by making all these efforts to have this conference and and what made you all of a sudden a translation expert? Well, they're not translation translation experts. And Obviously, they, they, I watched they, some of it. I they've watch proven it yeah. over and over again. Like for, for example, the whole "God forbid" me yenito right, right? In, right in Greek, okay? Which you you don't even have to have an elementary understanding of Greek to know that God in Greek is Theos, <laughs> yeah. and it's not found in that. It's me yenito. And, you know, obviously the enemies of the King James Bible would say, well, that's not a proper translation because if it's, you know, let it not be, and the King James says, you know, says, God forbid, that's not word for word. But hold on a second. Dynamic equivalence was used there, and it sounds great. Mm-hmm. And it gets the point across, right? But then people go to the extreme and they'll say, well, no, because it says God forbid in the, in the King James, it has to say God forbid in Greek. Okay, this is what they're saying. Now, this is the question that I have for them, okay? What Spanish Bible are you using in your church? Because obviously, you know, they're in Florida. There's a lot of Hispanics in Florida. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of people who go sewing there. And they're using one of three versions of the Bible in Spanish. Okay, I know we only got one Spanish speaker here, but you guys just ride along for the conversation for now. Okay, you have the... 1909, which is a pop- popular version to use, the Antigua. You have the 1602 Purificada. Or actually, say four versions. 1602 Purificada, 1602, and then you have the Reina Valera Gomez. Right? All of these, except for the Purificada, they all say, let it not be. Every single time that God forbid is being used. So, here's the question that I have for them. So, which version are you using to win people to Christ? Because another argument that they bring up is this, is like, well, you can't interchange. You can't use eternal and everlasting interchangeably. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the problem with that. In Spanish, you only have one word for eternal or everlasting, and that's eterna. So in John 15 and John 16, John, uh, John 3, 15 and 16, you have eterna for both verses. Both times. Yeah. So how do you go soul winning then? Because the... All of them, whether it's the Purificada, the 1602, the, uh, the Gomez, the 1909, they all say eternal. So that's as if to say, if you're going to debunk the, and that's what I'm thinking. Why are they trying to debunk the King so James Bible? Was your question answered, by the way? My question was not answered. Okay, well. Because who, 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 there is no answer. The answer is this, exactly. is that both of them are fine. Right? Well, even like. You can even use that for like um, Romans uh, four five because even in Romans four five in Spanish there is no word for righteousness. It says justo, justo, justificar, just. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what are you gonna say there? Because you know you have righteous and then you have just justice, right? Being just or being righteous in Spanish is just just. But what like I said, do? I don't ultimately understand what. Well, is I the, don't think it has to they, do with. I don't think I don't think it has anything to do with 
their position that they just they're King James only is. Here's what I believe it is. It's called envy. But my point is this. It's envy. We had these. They're deep, envious of Pastor Anderson. Okay. They're having a King James Bible uh, conference for envy? Yes. You'd be surprised what people what, Who what, can because, stand before envy, the Bible because says. Because I'm, I'm watching thinking, I know I've, I like all the conferences we had. The, 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 all, the, all the ones I've watched, the, the, fire, yeah. the red hot preaching. All of, everyone had purpose behind them. What is the purpose for this? Is this well, look, I thought Christ? I it's causing division. I gave everything. The, I just give everything the benefit of the doubt. So when I heard, it, I was like, oh, okay, cool. They're gonna have a King James conference, you know? Right. Looking forward to it, you know. But then when I started hearing Ruckmanism, and I because I was listening to it, not thinking that anything crazy was gonna be said there. But then I no, literally no. hear him say that you can use the King James to correct the Greek, and I'm like, I'm like, play the I'm King James. Ten it sounded like it was. Let me old. do a ten second playback. I was like, did he just say what I think he said? The only thing it sounded like to me was was being critical of the, the, the King James Bible. That's all I've heard. I've heard once I've listened. I heard enough. I didn't listen to much, but all I hear is that they're being critical of it and how they're debunking it. The purpose to me is to cause division, and it worked. Well, I think what it is again. What I said. What I'm. What I was saying is that I think it just has to do with envy. I get that. And and I think sometimes people, they compete with Pastor Anderson. You know? I've always learned that if someone is doing something better than you, okay? Amen. If someone is doing something better than you, you don't compete with them. You learn from them. You learn from them. Right. Because that means they're obviously doing something Right. So why would you want to compete with, why would you want to push them down to elevate yourself? Why not just emulate what they're doing and learn from them and then customize it to your church? Exactly. You know, and this is what I've seen. And it, 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 it's ridiculous because I grew up in, in a culture of loyalty. Yes. Okay. Yes. And being, you know, appreciative. It's a bad move when people get help from Pastor Anderson and they just turn on him. You know what I mean? That's wicked. It is. Because it's just like, man, how are you? So you just fill up your church with people who have been reached by Pastor Anderson, and all of a sudden you just start attacking him. You know? And, and I wonder what the people in church that respect and admire uh, Pastor Anderson, how they feel about their, their pastor now because you're putting him down. Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to speak for the church members because I don't, I don't know how they feel. Maybe there's some. I know there's some that, that agree with Pastor Boyle. And I'm sure there's some that don't agree with him, you know, but, but here's the thing, folks, is we need to love the truth and we can't ignore facts. So many facts have been given. So many things have been debunked and it's just like people just make their, they're just stubborn. They make their faces as an adamant stone, but not because they're determined, but they're just because they're stubborn. Right. You know, if you're wrong, you're wrong. And then lo and behold, when they see their their opinion is not gaining traction. They just turn around and call the new IFB a cult. Yeah, that's the, that's their that's their wild card. Yeah. It's like, well, it's just that's a cult. Go, yeah. And it's look, like, no, I man, made a video this week about sense. Pastor Anderson's leadership. Right. I've and people that. people try to like you know say, oh, he's just trying to control all these churches, and you know he's just controlling, he's just trying to control the people and the preaching. Dude, he didn't even do that to me when I worked for. I him. didn't see that. Right. I, I <laughs> we were it. here from the beginning. I didn't yeah, but that. here's the thing. I, I worked for him. I, I, yeah. I believe. I worked close to him. He never did that with us. He never did that with me. And he had, when I'm talking about when he had the right to. 
So when he had the right to call me and say, hey, you can't preach that. I don't want you to take that sermon down or whatever. I don't agree with that specific interpretation. He never did that. I literally remember having conversations with them and saying, hey, I don't agree with you on this passage of this scripture and it's inter- your interpretation. Here's my interpretation. What do you think about that? He would say, well, I don't, I don't agree with it, but preach it. Right. Go for it. I don't care. He's like, because we agree on 99% of doctrines, it's okay to have a difference of opinion. And look, there was times when issues would come up here at, at, when, it was at, when it was faithful word, and I'd bring it to him and say, hey, you know, this is what I think we should do, but you're the pastor. What do you want to do? And he would say, I trust your judgment. You do it. I threw people out of our church, sometimes without asking him because he trusted me. He's not a micromanager. And I'm not saying micromanaging is a bad thing. I'm just saying that's not what he did. Mm-hmm. So if he's not willing to do that with the church that belonged to him, how much less for churches that are out there, Right. you know, what it is is insecure leadership is what it is, folks. Mm-hmm. Pastors who are just insecure, they, they hear about their congregation talking about Pastor Anderson in this sermon and that sermon, and they, they want to be the Pastor Anderson of that church. Isn't there enough strife against Pastor Anderson that have the people that are supposed to be your brethren within the, 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 the IFB or new IFB to, to start this kind of animus towards each other? I mean, well, look, towards him. Here's, and also, it's not directly this is, towards this him. This is what I've learned time, from him, and this is what I've always thought. Because, you know, a, any pastor wants to grow their church. Any pastor wants to do great exploits and preach great sermons and do their own thing, and that's okay because we're independent. Right. But you don't do it by tearing someone else down, a friend of yours especially. And I remember the conversation that I had with Pastor Anderson last Red Hot Preaching Conference. He came up to me and he said, he said this, he said, Brother Mejia, he says, you got to start your own movement. Reach your own people. He's like, don't, he's like, don't forsake me. I'm still your friend. You know, we're, we, we need to be friends, but you need to do your own thing. Right. Start your own movement. Do your own movies. Do your own thing. But don't do it at the expense of, of, of tearing me down. You would think that would be obvious. Of course, I saw, anybody watched. I saw it. Pastor Bull's video where he started off saying, "Oh, welcome to first. Uh, I'm sorry, He's faithful all, word. Welcome Baptist. to faithful word Baptist. Oh, oh wait, it's revival oh, Baptist church." But here's the thing, no Pastor way. Anderson. <laughs> I don't think Pastor Anderson even expressed his opinion on the matter until you know first it came out that you know they were text messaging and yeah. mentioning Pastor Anderson kind of behind. It's probably because it was getting. It was but a, apart from that, if you're gonna do a whole conference and you're making it public, you have a public ministry, don't blame a pastor who knows more on the subject who's going to come in and say, no, actually, that's incorrect. This is yep. correct. Yep. Learn from that. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, well, he was, already, he was, was already corrected prior to that. Pastor Anderson had already had Yeah, he corrected Pastor Major. That. And, yeah. yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. So they're being w- stubborn. Oh, wow. Okay. So this was the, these issues that, that we're hearing about, they were already addressed before prior to this conference. In fact, they were addressed during the missions conference. They were, they were addressed at Chan Pan Thai restaurant, the best stinking restaurant in Phoenix area. So it kind of <laughs> just goes to show that there was, that's, uh, that's, again, I don't agree with the that agenda statement. I don't agree with Pastor Anderson on that. that I, I don't believe that though. He has a lot of credibility when it comes to restaurants. He hasn't steered me wrong. I just have a hard time believing that. What were you saying? Hike? No, I'm, uh, with the, with that in, he's in light. No, no, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying no, that there ahead. was. No, no, go ahead, talk. 
<laughs> there was an accord. There was like another agenda. So it was. It really wasn't about the King James Bible at all. No, because nobody ever said the King James well, Bible is not. The I like what Pastor Jimenez said. You and your nine hundred subscribers. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I heard that <laughs> on the way here. I was listening to that. I'm like, wow. Okay, is it really just about notoriety? It's about notoriety. Is that it? Nine hundred. That's, 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 that's why major did it. That's why they get upset. Look, 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 God, look, for goodness sake. Let me just say know? this, okay? <laughs> let me say this, all right? People have an expectation when they become Pastor Anderson's friends, okay? Mm. This happens. Where they become his friend, then they expect their churches to just burst out the seams. They expect to just have this notoriety. Mm. And sometimes it doesn't happen. Well, when this church was started. Pastor Anderson and then they blame <laughs> Pastor Anderson. When this church was started, I was going to Pacific Baptist. Look, folks, let me say this. I didn't know it's about it. It's not Pastor Anderson's fault if no one listens to my sermons. Uh-huh. <laughs> if my sermons never hit 1,000 views per sermon, that's not his fault. That means my preaching sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay? And maybe no one wants to listen to me. Well, you know? So if it's, it's, it's like if people don't listen to your preaching or they don't tune in, well, I mean, then get does, better. And it doesn't even necessarily mean it sucks. It's just... It's okay, maybe try harder. Maybe, hey, Pastor Anderson. <laughs> no, wait you, a second. Why are you defending pa- them? <laughs> Pastor Anderson put a lot of time into his oh, yeah. his his ministry. Yeah. Exactly. And not Dude, just his he's ministry, been at it for how many years? Ministry. It definitely wasn't ready made. How, yeah, he he's been at it for how many years? They kind of want like nobody, instant results. Nobody gave him a hundred thousand subscribers to begin with. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Look, so. the purpose is to reach people and save them. Right? Right. You would think that's the look, ultimate look, look, okay. goal. Okay, let, let, let's say, for example, like you said, it's about reaching people, seeing people yeah. safe. Let's say I just had no subscribers on my channel, okay? and Or let's say I had 900 subscribers since we started, and no one views my, my, my videos or whatever. Anderson must be doing something hey. wrong then. Yeah. <laughs> At least I got a church. Amen. The most important people are the people in my church. The YouTube is like a secondary thing that I do. If you don't get notoriety out there, it's okay. People are listening to you here. They're attending your church. <laughs> you have people who listen to you three hours a week here. Yeah. You should be content with that. Well, it's a good thing that people like your preaching. Because when I'm in the Philippines, the church that I go to there, they love. Praise they, the Lord. They ask me when I tell them about it, especially when we did that little video. Something about to happen. Something about to happen. Bro, I have, I have <laughs> one oh, subscriber, you. and it's my wife, and I'm ecstatic about that. He goes, that. and even she unsubscribes every once in a while. <laughs> no, she hit that bell icon. She hears me. Do you have a YouTube channel? Time. No. Oh. Just, <laughs> just, just my own voice and my own home. <laughs> I'm here to talk about Armenian. Armenianism. Armenianism. <laughs> <laughs> versus Calvinism. That's not the Armenian, by the way, that I am. I'm not in, <laughs> not to be mistaken with Armenianism. <laughs> Anyways, what I'm saying is this is that you know utilize a man like Pastor Anderson. I don't mean use him use as him. in like yeah. use him to start. I'm talking about utilize his knowledge. Dude, okay, if you're doing a King James conference, you want to get someone like Pastor Anderson out there because he has a very thorough understanding not a just of the King James Bible. But he has a plenary understanding Greek. of the Greek. Yeah. <laughs> right? So isn't that someone you would want to like reference? If they did reference him, it was in the negative, wasn't it? Exactly. I would have been like, hey, come and that. teach this or whatever, you know. So don't compete with the man. 
You see what I'm saying? I was annoyed by that. I've never been. I've never. I've never had the mentality where I got to compete with Pastor Anderson. My take was always been, he is so much far ahead than I am, so therefore, you know, he can teach me a lot. Yeah. I call him all the time, ask him for counsel, wisdom, because he's succeeded. Right. At what I'm doing. You know. But the, 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 the old adage still remains true. Hate is going to hate. You're going to hate. And the ultimate goal is not to build your YouTube It's to see persona. people saved. It's to, and, and, and not even to build your church up necessarily mm -hmm. to, to fill it up to with serve people. God, man. It's to Come serve on. God, save the lost. Yep. I, I see this, well, like I said, when this first church first started, I was wondering why didn't Pastor Anderson mention that in the sermons? I watch his sermons every week. Mm -hmm. And maybe he mentioned it in his the service and yeah. you don't do the he cut yeah the announcements the sermon so i guess that's why i missed it until i went and someone was trashing pastor anderson that's how you found out about and it. that's how i found out about yeah. this church now see he says yeah pastor anderson he what how do you why you brings you to our church oh pastor anderson referred this this church to me yeah they hear this church is trashing him and not the church it's up with this guy yeah he says oh he's so cantankerous i said oh that's a good 50 dollar word cantankerous <laughs> huh so he's a bad guy so you don't like him? He's oh, he's just you know. But he started some church in Elmani. I was okay. Thanks. I guess that's Good where I'm know. going. And that's yeah. where I went. I was the last day I've been there. I was there. I was there. I was like, you oh, know what? And our church has grown a lot. Yeah, Elmani, you say it's exceeded my expectations. <laughs> you know, and that was I a thought because we started with like thirty people, 25, 30 people. And that's a good start, though. That is a good start. That's a real. That's like a, Pastor Anderson had you know ten people. It was his family, mostly. right? But even then, like. We have some people here that have don't even know who Pastor Anderson is. Right. We have some people that are barely going to listen to him preach tomorrow tomorrow evening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have people who never heard his sermons before. They don't even know what's going. Sometimes they don't even know what's going on with the controversies. <laughs> right. So, um, <laughs> it's a stupid that situation, <laughs> and honestly, the best thing that's come out of this whole thing are the memes. Yeah. <laughs> the memeistry has been on point on Facebook. I've enjoyed it thoroughly. I, I, when things like this happen, like I'm more on Facebook just because I'm uploading like a lot of memes. Uh -huh. You get a lot of ideas, you know. Yeah. But um, it is what it is. You know, we still move on, and and our movement, quote unquote, does get stronger. Mm -hmm. You know, it's and going all around the world, man. Like I said in the Philippines, somebody told me. He said, "Are you in the same areas where Pastor? Yeah, he is." I said, "Yeah, that's my pastor." He says, oh, "I love him. He's it's cool." And I thought that was great. The church there. I don't want to veil off of the subject again too much, but, but I love that church. Pastor uh, Robertson. Yeah, Pastor Robertson. He, he used to be in, uh, he's from New Zealand. He went right. to Australia and they kicked him out because he's preaching yeah. against the Muslims. And, uh, you know, he's great. He's a great, he's preacher. great preacher. I like I, him I a lot. Preacher. And he's I doing great preacher. work. I mean, he He's a perfect he's example great. of someone who's just like, he just keeps serving the Lord no matter right. what capacity. And if he makes reference to Pastor Anderson, and he does sometimes, it's always respectful. Yeah, well, and you should respect your fellow. And it's not just respect; it's because he's he's he's. You should respect it. your fellow pastors, no matter right. who they are. That's right. You know, like I, I love all my friends in the new IFB, right. the pastors. You know, Pastor Aaron Thompson is a good friend of mine. I talk to him regularly. Pastor Jason Robinson You're is an awesome team, pastor. I mean, come on, man. You know, Pastor Fritz. These are great guys. These are look, folks. We don't have that many friends to begin with. <laughs> it's like that's not the time to turn on your friends. It's like it's cringe. It is cringe. And I love these nobody, guys. Nobody, I love these pastors. Look, I it love says a lot. Why it says a lot they? when they, when someone wants to be our friend because 
you know, it, it comes with a certain territory. Yeah. So I appreciate when, when a pastor is not ashamed to be my friend. You know what I mean? And I'm talking about openly. Because I have, I have people who are friends with me, but they're like, they're like Nicodemus. Undercover, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. But there's people who are open with being my friends, and I appreciate that. You know, I don't want to lose that. Yeah. <laughs> so don't you shouldn't attack other pastors and, and try to bring people down to try to elevate yourself up. And, you know, it just looks shady that after you've been established and everything, you yeah. start doing stuff like that. It, it just looks shady. wrong. You it know? is shady. Yeah, it Call is shady. Call a spade a spade. Spare, yep. Especially after he, like, defended you to, like, I, what was it, McCraney and Tomlinson? <laughs> it's funny. Tomlinson? I saw in the comment section. The Tomlinson, yeah. Tomlinson actually uh, commented on yeah, one of the videos. I saw that. And he was like, I told you he was a snake from the beginning. Pastor and Anderson. Pastor Anderson said, well, it takes one to know one. <laughs> and, then, and then, like, he comes Tom, out. He's like, oh, that's yeah, another, that's a somebody else. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Tomlinson came out of, of hiding or something? Like, yeah, to come the whole Boyle thing because he was he was getting on Boyle a while back. I know. Takes one to know one, you know. Like Tomlinson. I just know that Pastor Anderson has never talked about anyone in that in that type of way where he's picked someone out particular or saying I didn't like the way they said this or preached that or you know. Mm -hmm. he, the only time he does speak about them is when they're attacking him. Look, when he would come preach here. Obviously, he was the pastor here, but he would almost treat it almost as if we're like an independent church. I got that feel. You know, when and I he would he would here, yeah. show me respect when I was here. He wouldn't like, you know, devalue me as the leader here. He would always cast vision that we were going to go independent. You know, he just, he, he was very secure in his leadership. Because he understands the purpose. He wasn't like, this is Faithful Word Baptist Church. Exactly. He understands the purpose, the end right? Goal. The, this, the end goal, the end, the end game here is to save people. Exactly. And when, when I was looking for a good church before I went to Pacific Baptist, uh, mediocre churches, that's to say that they were the worst, some of these churches. I'm not talking about Pacific Baptist. <laughs> he wasn't talking about that. Yeah. I'm not talking about Pacific Baptist. I talked to certain churches where the pastor was like, and it says when he came again, Hello, can I hear this pest? Can you speak up? I'm, I don't, I can't hear you. Then I realized he's reading from a Bible I can't even understand. And it was an NIV. I said, well, Pastor Anderson did a sermon on him. That's like a deal breaker. If someone's reading from NIV, ESV, and you don't want to go to a church like that. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, it's unfortunate. But hey, it, you know, Pastor Anderson's coming tomorrow. Actually, when people watch this, it's going to be tonight. So make sure you tune in tonight to the live stream. Pastor Anderson's going to be preaching. And um, hopefully we'll get a packed house here. It's going to be great. It's always awesome to have him come, you know, because ultimately, yeah, he lives in Arizona, but, you know, he's a California boy. So, you know, I think that's one of the reasons we get along so well here with Pastor Anderson because, you know, he just has that California flavor, you know what I mean? So he's a funny guy, great preacher, awesome fellowship. It's going to be great. We're looking forward to having him. And he's always welcome at First Works Baptist Church. Amen. You know, he's always been a good friend and he was there for us during a difficult time, you know, so, you know, I couldn't wait for him to start a church here when I first listened to him years ago. Yeah. And I wouldn't be even in this position that I'm in with to travel to go to Philippines to do what I'm doing. If it wasn't about Pastor Anderson, we owe, we owe him a, lot a lot of things came together. We owe him a lot. Yeah. You know, it's just. I mean, you know, I, it's just, I, I would never fathom that I would save hundreds of people in the Philippines and my wife. Well, let me she, say this. She's let, saving people. Let down. me say this. Just, let's say, let's say, let's say, Pastor Anderson and I had some crazy disagreement about something, right? Uh -huh. Let's say, God forbid, okay, pun intended. Oh, oh, oh. 
Let's say, God forbid, that, 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 that like I had Ruckmanite views, okay? Which, no, I don't. Never will. But let's <laughs> say, theoretically, let's say I had like a Ruckmanite view. I would kind of just keep it to myself. Or even if I were to teach it, I wouldn't attack him. Or s- slander him. Slander him. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's obviously never going to happen. Yeah. But I'm saying, theoretically speaking, if I disagreed with him on something that I knew he disagreed with, I would never teach it and slam him at publicly, the same time. Publicly, not publicly. You know, because you know, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion, obviously, especially if you're in an independent church. Yeah. You know, this is my church. This is That's my pulpit. Mm-hmm. I can teach whatever I want, what I believe, how I'm interpreting the scriptures. But you should never do it and attack someone who's your friend. Now, were, I'll tag a false prophet. Obviously. I was going to say, if, what if they're not necessarily a false prophet? If they were preaching something that was against the, the one saved, being saved doctrine. Oh, instance, yeah. Then that's then you have to. No whole bar. To, you have to tell them. Yeah. You have of to put them on front street right yeah. on. Call on them out. Public, right. But this but is different. It's different, right. It's different. So, but no, I'm, I'm not a Ruckmanite. I have all my brain cells. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, it's a stupid doctrine. Something in the air in Florida. You had to say it. This guy had to say it. It's the East Coast, man. You know, it was like when we went to San Francisco for the San Francisco Sony Marathon over there. Pastor Anderson, I remember when we were driving up in the car, we were talking about how Patrick Boyle was going to be taking over Steadfast. And Pastor Anderson was like, man, he's like, he was like excited about that. I don't know if you remember. Me too. He was like, he's like I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be great. He's closer to Jacksonville right there. He can, you know, manage it better and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, he was excited for Patrick Boyle to take over that church. I was so. too. I, you know, it sucks, but whatever. You know, it, it is what it is. We we don't live in a perfect world, and this this stuff is going to happen. Apparently, it's it's got to happen like on a yearly basis because it's happening like right? every single year. You know, so I guess that's what June had for us in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> well, uh, looking forward to service tonight. For us, it's tomorrow, but for anyone listening and watching the podcast, it's tonight. It's going to be great. Make sure you tune in at 7 o'clock for the live stream at First Works Baptist Church. Pastor Stephen L. Anderson will be preaching, so we're excited about that. Brother Will, Lori, thank you for joining us on the podcast. It was it was great talking to you. Great. Awesome church member, does a lot of soul winning. Make sure you subscribe to his channel, Pulling Them Out of the Fire, on YouTube. He gives updates there. And so um, I'll be going back out there again in August. In August. So in be August. in prayer over him. If you want to support him, you can get in contact with him. I'm sure he has his links in his description on his channel. Yes. And and if he doesn't, he will now. <laughs> so make sure you tune in next week for episode number seven. I think this is episode five. Five. Yeah, this is episode five. So make tune in. Wait. It'll be six. Six. Sorry. Episode number six next week. I don't know what episode this is. I'll cut this out. Tune in next week for for the next episode. Looking forward to it. God bless you all. Have a good one.